October 21st, 2022. This morning's class should be for the swift and speedy Rifuah Shalema for Simcha Bat Yafa. Amen. Uh, we're in Masechet Sanhedrin and Kof Yod Aleph Amud Aleph, three lines from the bottom, uh, basically in the middle of the line. If you recall, the Gemara was Doreshet a Pasuk. The Pasuk says, with regards to Moshe hearing the 13 Midot Shel Rahamim, the Ag Midot, the 13 attributes of mercy of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's described in the Torah after Heta Egel. Pasuk says, Vayimaher Moshe Vayikodarsa Vayishtachu. Pasuk says that he quickly falls down to bow, to prostrate himself. And that quickness on the behalf of Moshe makes the Hachamim understand it was one of the 13 Midot which so impressed him. Something made him overcome by emotion. There were two opinions in the Gemara. Was it the Midav Emet? Rashid's suggestion was the Midav Emet, that truthfulness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu filled Moshe and instilled within him fear. I can't imagine in the future how difficult matters will be if God were and will act with his Midav Emet. Or alternatively, it's the Midav Erech Apayim. Erech Apayim meaning that ability to have patience, not acting on uh, a certain anger immediately. It says the Gemara Tanya, Aberaita, Keman de Amar, Erech Apayim, Ra'a. We have a Beraita which accords with the opinion who maintained that Moshe was so impressed by that Midah of Erech Apayim, of elongating the anger, meaning not immediately exerting God's will upon people. Ditanya, as the Beraita teaches, when Moshe rose, ascended to the heavens, of course he ascended to the heavens before receiving the Torah. That's what the Torah describes. Moshe again remembers it in Sefer Devarim, but the Torah describes it in Parashat Mishpatim. You see a little bit of in Parashat Yitro. He goes to the top of the mountain. He spends time, 40 days and 40 nights with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What's he doing then? He finds HaKadosh Baruch Hu, says the Midrash, says the Beraita, and he's writing in the Sefer Torah, Erech Apayim Amalefanav. Moshe turns to Hakadosh Baruch Hu and exclaims in that moment, Ribono Shelola, Master of the Universe, Erech Apayim Lasadikim. This midah, this attribute of not, of having patience, of not immediately exerting your will during those times of anger and wrath when people deserve it, should only be for the righteous. Maybe, in fact, it only is for the righteous. Well, the fact that it says, apayim in Lashon Rabim, in other words, uh, again, af literally means a nose, but apayim would be noses, uh, makes it appear as if this is for more than just one set of people. It's for all people, both for wicked people, Rasha'im by nature and by action, as well as for Sadiqim. Moshe's expression is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I think you're a little bit, uh, of course it's not in a, in a brazen way he says this to God, but I think you're a little bit too flu- fluid over here. Erech is appropriate for Sadiqim, give them the opportunity to do Teshuvah. If a person by nature is a Rasha, he's not deservant of your Midah HaKadosh Baruch Hu Erech Amarlo. It appears as if it appears as if in this midrash, uh, God is, is is accepting of that. In other words, if I if you walk into the room and I'm writing something, this is my this is my interpretation. I'm writing something and I don't want you commenting on it. I put it into my drawer when you enter the room. If I leave it out on the desk, I'm inviting you to look at it and to comment on it. So the fact that the the midrash says he finds him writing it is almost as if in the eyes of the hachamim 
God invites this conversation. It's the same thing I always say in Parashat Vayera, where Abraham challenges God about Sodom. That's okay. I mean, come on, it's Haki doesn't challenge him. And we look at that for one reason or another as praiseworthy. He's as we said earlier. He was asking him. He invites him to ask him. So the suggestion over here, what's that? Of course. What Nathan's saying is, do you question God about something he states about his nature? Is that appropriate? Unless the question is appropriate because he's inviting you to do so. It should be noted, importantly, that Judaism has never shied away from questions if posed in the appropriate fashion. In other words, not as an attack, but rather as a, a vehicle to understanding, which really is what because Abraham was. The other way, like Abraham, he should be saying, no, have a for everybody, and Hashem should lose it. Right, it's, that's a fascinating thing. Words, this is the foil, to a certain extent, Nathan says, to Abraham. Abraham is looking to defend Sidom, the city about which the Torah says, Ra'im ve'hataim ladunai me'od. They are the Rishayim. Abraham's looking to defend them. Ironically, Moshe over here turns to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and says, maybe not, maybe just for the Sadiqim. It's really the flip side of almost an identical conversation. Amarlo responds HaKadosh Baruch Hu to Moshe in this Biraita, Afla Rishayim. Absolutely not. It's not going to work that way, Moshe. It's even for the wicked ones. I have this midah. I'll exert this midah of Erech Amarle responds Moshe, again, I, I, I think we need to portray it as such, as Nathan is making clear, uh, in an inquisitive uh, fashion, in trying to understand. He's questioning in order to understand, not questioning to challenge and to attack. Reshaim yovedu. Shouldn't the wicked ones be lost? Shouldn't we allow for them to just bring themselves to demise? Why are we uh, elongating our... Our patience for them. Amarle says God back to Moshe, Hashata Hazit Now you'll see, or in short time you'll see, that which you need. Meaning you're going to be in need of for your nation, for our nation, Am Yisrael, this Midav Erechapaim, even as the nation might be. Uh, of course, he's referring in the Gemara, we'll make this clear in a moment, to the, to the situation of the Miragilim. In Chetam Miragilim, it was necessary that God have a Midav Erech as Moshe looks to defend the people, as God does not immediately destroy them, as he allows for the continuity of a nation who has ostensibly rebelled against their master, Nonetheless, it's the Midav Erech which carries the day. Says the Gemara, Yisrael, later on, when Am Yisrael sins with that sin of the spies, Amar lo, kach amartali, lo kach amartali. Moshe says to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, didn't you tell me this already? Aren't you, how is it possible that you're going to destroy these people? Didn't you tell me Erech HaPayim la Sadikim? Excuse me, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu to Moshe, I want to destroy them because you told me Erech HaPayim only for the righteous ones. Amar lefanav, the response of Moshe in that moment, they are wicked in that moment. They've sinned several times at that moment. Am Yisrael. In other words, Give me one second, I'll come to your point. Didn't you in our past conversation tell me it's not only for the righteous, it's also for the wicked? That's perhaps the depth of the Pasuk, the background to the Pasuk in Parashat Shelach. At Chet HaMeragilim, where Moshe turns to God and says, Ve'ata yigdal na ko'ah Adonai ka'asher dibarta lemor. 
God, your ability, your attributes should be grand and great now. You should have plenty of patience as you spoke in the past. Of course, he goes into mentioning all the midot, all 13 midot shel rahamim, but what's the as you told me? I know you told me all of them. It's almost as if he's returning to a past conversation. What's the past conversation? The conversation in which I lost. You told me that you're Erech HaPayim, both for Sadiqim and even for Reshaim. You see, the question is, A.B., is what about at Cheta Egel? Cheta Egel, which is where we have these 13 mitot, are Am Yisrael Reshaim then? Uh, ostensibly they are. They've sinned on a, on a mass uh, level with regards to rebellion against God. Maharsha asked that question. Maharsha, what's that? I, okay, but shouldn't he destroy everyone? Isn't it a national uh, calamity? Something along those lines? Maharsha suggests the first sin, that really is the first sin, the Gemaran Masechet Roshanan, Daf Yodzayin describes how HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Ma'avir Rishon Rishon. It's a pasuk in the Torah. The understanding of the rabbis is the initial sins, or the initial sin, is moved aside. You don't need the midah of Erech I think we know this with uh, colleagues, with children, with spouses, with other people. The first wrongdoing, maybe the first two wrongdoings, we can look the other way and say, that was really a mistake. No, but they did it brazenly and they did it purposefully. We can move that aside. Erech is beyond that. That's Heta Meragilim. Heta Meragilim, you're already entrenched in sin. Do I now have a midah of Erech That's the question, that's the issue that arose then. Says the Gemara onward, this rabbi was salik, he was going up and entering the darga de the steps leading into the Beit Midrash of Rabbah Barshila. He heard a, a young boy uh, reciting Pesukim from Tehillim. Pause for a second. Before we see the story as it's going to be, and the story will just verify what we said just a moment ago um, with regards to the, which midah we're dealing with. Uh, what's with those details? The unnecessary details. It could easily state one thing. I could just say the derasha was as follows, of Rabbi Haga, without giving me the background of him hearing a child. Furthermore, if you want to tell me that he figured it out because of the child's reading, which we were not even going to really be revealed to us, why is it necessary to tell us the story that he's going up the stairs when he hears? It's almost unnecessary details in a story which leads nowhere. It leads to a derasha. I would suggest, the, really, Benish Hai beat me to it, but I'm going to tell it with, with two stories. I would suggest, based on the following two stories, which teach the identical lesson. The first one is in Parashat Kitisa, as Moshe Rabbeinu comes down the mountain because he knows the people have sinned. God told him that. He's walking toward the camp, and Yehoshua, who was waiting for him at the bottom of the mountain, says, do you hear that? Do you hear what's taking place over here? And they have a conversation, very brief, but an unnecess- seemingly unnecessary detail for the Torah to record. Moshe, uh, uh, Yehoshua says, I think I hear kol I think I hear them fighting. To which Moshe responds, that's not fighting. That's kol anot. That's something else. That's uh, sounds of torture or sounds of suffering of some sort. Uh, what's with that conversation? Effectively, that conversation, just put yourself for a moment in the shoes of Yehoshua. You literally, you're holding Moshe is next to you holding the luchot. You think I'm focused on what's taking place? I hear some noise, but I can't make out. I'm not focused on the particularities of what people are saying. I hear some noise, but I'm focused on this grand moment of carrying the luchot ayedut right next to me. I'm focused on the fact that we just, my master just came back down from a mountain where he was, had this rendezvous with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to which Moshe says, in all circumstances, 
irrespective of how critical, of how lofty you are connected in that moment, if you're not hearing what the people around you are doing, you're lacking in your midot. You're lacking in your own self-character. No, but I'm on my way to perform the greatest mitzvah. I can just knock down a few people along the way. I don't need to pay attention to the, the message in just a few lines of that story in the Torah is so powerful with regards to our connection to God. Your connection is that high with regards to God, then you have to be hearing what others around you are saying in tandem and at the same time. It's along the same th- lines. One of my fathers at Asher Yeshiva, Rabbi Amital Alav HaShalom, used to tell the following story about the Alter Rebbe of Chabad, of Lubavitch. And so he was studying next to, his, uh, next to his grandson. They were studying Torah and his grandson, maybe it was next to his son, and his grandson in the adjacent room was in a crib or something like that, crying. And his son, who's so engrossed in the study, doesn't hear his child crying, but the grandfather, who's uh, the Alter Rebbe, I mean, he started Chabad, was quite a great man, as was his son, hears it and rebukes his child, says, you don't hear it? He says, I'm so involved in the Limud, or the Gemara, the Halakha, whatever he was involved in. He says, if you're studying Torah and not able to hear the cry of a child, then you're not truly studying Torah. There's something deficient in your Talmud because by definition, Talmud and connectedness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu engenders, if done right, a sensitivity to people who around you as well. But that's how I read this story as well. It's a brief and almost unnecessary story, but here it is. He's walking up the stairs. He's on his way to go study Torah. He's still in that moment mindful to the extent he's attuned and sensitive to the people around him, listening carefully to what the child is saying. That's a critical detail, not to what we're about to learn, but to what it means to learn in general, what it means to connect to Borei Olam in general. Anyway, what's that? Uh, certainly is, but he's going up the stairs and that he heard a child saying, that he makes it even better. He's going to the Babar Shilaz Academy. He's on his way to the big leagues. You know what I'm saying? He certainly was, you know, but I'm saying, even if it's just learning with this rabbi, but you're right. If we can effectively say this is the greatest place at the time, it's even better. Anyway, what is it that he hears? Now, now, now for the specifics, uh, he hears a, a child, and he hears the child saying the Mizmor and Tehilim. We say it uh, every Shabbat morning. So uh, first and foremost, this is in the Mizmor, which starts off with the words, Tefillah Moshe Isha Elohim. So it's a reference to the words of Moshe. That's important. That's significant because it means we're reading and uh, the words of Tehillim, uh, the words of Moshe. Now, Edotecha ne'emnu me'od. The Edotecha, the words which are Edut, is a reference to Torah. We call the Luchot, the Luchot Ha'edut. Right? It's Mishkan Ha'edut because it houses the Luchot. So envisioning these words as the words of testimony, meaning that Moshe learned with HaKadosh Baruch Hu the words of Torah. Ne'emnu me'od, they're truly trustworthy, they're, they're stable in that respect. Levetecha nava kodesh Adonai le'orech yamim. Now of course the words orech yamim means long life, longevity of life. But the mention of orech in the eyes of this rabbi in this moment is, is re- referring to erech apayim. You might be right. It might be in, 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 the, in the greater sense. It might be olam uh, haba, the length of life. But alternatively, in this context, as we're talking about hakadosh baruch Hu, the orech is the length, and yamim days is the erech apayim. And I'll listen again. It means edotecha. means at the time that Moshe receives edotecha, receives the luchot, Shortly thereafter, as he's in the moment of connectedness with God, 
as it's Vaimaher Moshe Vaikodarsavaishtahu, it must be that he was so impressed by he falls on his face and bows down about the Midah. We had a conversation just a moment ago, Emet or Erechapaim of Orech Yamim of Erechapaim. So again, he hears this child remark saying this Pasuk and right before it, adjacent to those words is Tefillah Moshe Le Moshe. Amar, this rabbi Rabbi Hagah says, Shema Mina. I can derive from this perhaps that which midah was it that Moshe was so impressed by in that moment at that time? Erech apayim period. It's the midah of erech apayim, of the length of, of, of anger, meaning of the ability to have patience with his nation. Says the Gemara Amr, Amar bi Amar bi Hanina, Atita Kadosh Baruch Lihiyot, Atara Berosh Kol Sadik Vesadik. In the future, Kadosh Baruch will be, in a certain sense, a crown for each one of the righteous people. Now, a crown already denotes honor. Uh, a crown gives the honor to the king. It's, uh, the, a crown shows the distinction of the Gemara elsewhere in Masechet Berachot, the end of Masechet Ta'anit, that describes how the, the righteous people in the future will be sitting in a circle. There'll be an atara on each of their heads. What's that atara? Well, the Gemara over here says, it's God himself. What does it mean it's God himself? Well, as Harambam makes clear in, his, in, in Mishneh Torah, when he's speaking philosophically in Hilchot Yisodeh HaTorah, to understand God, to understand Torah, means to associate, if we do it right, the knowledge with the one who is the body of knowledge. If I understand Torah, in the words of, of Zohar, it's Oraita Vikucha Beriku Hadu. It's to associate Torah and Borei Olam as a oneness. The best way to find out about a person is through their words, is through their essence, which you'll find in their words, perhaps. To find out about HaKadosh Baruch Hu means to look into his words. So that Atara, has God reside on their head, are the references to the knowledge they've achieved, to their connectedness to Torah, to their understanding of God, that's going to be the honor and distinction they'll have in the future. Shene Imam, as the Pasuk uh, 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 expresses in Sefer Yeshaya, the Pasuk says, God himself will be la'ateret sevi v'lisfirat tif'eret lish'ar amo. And we'll deal with those last words in just a moment. But what are the words la'ateret sevi and lisfirat tif'ara refer to? My, what does it mean when the Pasuk says la'ateret sevi v'lisfirat tif'ara? Answers the Gemara, le'osim resono, the word sevi, is, uh, is, is, is denotes will for those who do his will. Umisapim lishuato, and then when it talks about sefirat, it's uh, it's almost like the uh, the vision of uh, or the uh, uh, longing for the Yeshua, the one who's connected to God in terms of his redemption. Yacholakol. Does that mean that every person who's tapped in, every person who wants to do the will of God, every person who has in some way been mitzapeh liyeshua, tzipita liyeshua, is one of the questions the Gemara Masechet Shabbat says you'll be asked after death. Did you look forward to the redemption? Were you thinking about God on a constant basis? Talmud Lomar. That's the end of the pasuk. It's only for the she'ar, it's only for the remnants, it's only for uh, the uh, last part of the nation. Who's that? It's for those who not only have these yearnings and wills, but rather those who have a humility. As Rashi says, 
אינו חשוב בעיניו ואינו מתגאה. We're talking about in contrast to the person who might be thinking about those things but doesn't have the requisite humility, the only ones who are going to have this honor and distinction in the future. But I've done the same thing. I'm the same type of person. I know just as much as him. I've but you don't have that humility. You're not. Like the Torah says in Bimidbar Perik Yod Bet, like Moshe, he was anav me'od. To be just anav is already an attribute. But we look at our greatest leader and we say, not only was he wise, not only was he somehow charismatic, but at the same time he was anav me'od. That's part and parcel with what, what it means to achieve dignity and honor with regards to our tradition. Then the, the Gemara continues, and it's Doresh, another pasuk from Sefer Yeshaya. Uh, in, in that same chapter, the same, the next pasuk, the pasuk says, "Uluruach mishpat la'yoshev alamishpat v'lichvura mishivem milhama sha'ara." So the pasuk is referring to those who will be present, those who will be a part of it in the future. You're dealing with the future time during which the honor and glory of God will be revealed and manifested. Who's going to be a part of this? So we've already had a little bit of a. A deflating conversation on the Amud Aleph, Daf Kof Yod Aleph, just uh, yesterday. And not everyone, only a small portion. But what sort of people will be a part of this? Says the Gemara, let's break down this Pasuk and try to understand who each of these are perhaps referring to. First and foremost, Leruach Mishpat. What does it mean they have the, the wind of justice? Zehar Rodeh Et Yisro. It's a person who is Rodeh, a person who's judge and, and, and putting down his yesir, as we've discussed in other contexts, the word yesir, yesira, we'll see it several times in Parashat Bereshit tomorrow, means to craft. Of course, you and I know it from yesir hara and yesir hatob, but by definition, it means we have the ability to craft our will. So to be rodeh et yisro means you have been able to overcome and suppress and deal with your yesir. To a certain extent, you've been able to craft your yeser hara, you've been able to stymie it, to get it out of the way. But furthermore, you want to know who's even greater in the words of Rashi? Rashi says this next stage is greater. Liyoshev ala mishpat, excuse me, we'll see in a second the greater one. Zehadan dine met la amito. The next words are the person who sits as part of judgment. Not only are they overcoming themselves, the person who's able to spread sedaka mishpat. It's the words of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to, Moshe, to Abraham. What does it mean to follow Derech Hashem la'asot sedaka mishpat? It's a person who sits and uh, d- deliberates and properly judges din emet la'amito, judgment and righteousness in the proper fashion. Viligvura, what does it mean afterwards when Pasuk refers to givura? Zehamitgaber bi'isro. It's not only a person who suppresses and rules over their will, their yetzer hara, it's a person who's mitgaber bi'isro. Uh, says Rashi, you've taken and you've been margiz yeser hatob al yeser hara. You've been able, it's greater than kovesh. Kovesh means I push it down. Over here, says Rashi, im hayetzer hara amar lo ase avera, words of Rashi. If you're driven to do wrong, you have that lust, that desire. Lo dayoshenim nat min ha'avera. It's not only that you suppressed it, you've been kovesh, or the words a moment ago, rodeh. Ela holech ve'ose mitzah. You rather use that will, that passion, which was driving me to, I don't know, the Bet Zenut, the Bet Avodah Zarah, but I use that same drive, that passion. 
I mention it all the time in my own life, where I fail, the inquisitive side, I want to know about everything. If I could only just channel it to Torah, I'd be in a good place, right? In other words, it's taking a yetzir hara, something which is a drive, instead of suppressing it, instead of saying, oh, I'm not interested in anything, I don't care about any of that, I'm channeling it appropriately, as says Rashi, uh, in such a circumstance, uh, a person who does so, umitgaber adif mirodeh, that's greater than the suppressor, the kodesh derodeh. All right, then the, the end of the pasuk talks about Mishive Milhama sounds like they're waging war, says the Gemara, the proverbial war, not the actual war with swords, the war, war with words and concepts. Oftentimes the give and take in Gemara is referred to a Milhama as a Milhama, it's referred to as a war. The Gemara in Masechet Kiddushin refers to how Vahev Besufa, cites the Pasuk and Sefer in the Torah, and, 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 and the, the vision of the Hachamim is that Afilu when people who really like themselves are studying with one another, when you're studying with one another and you're passionate and you really have that, that fierce fire within you, so you're fighting with the other. Someone walks by and it looks like you hate one another. If you've walked past or into any uh, thriving Bet Midrash, you'll see it, you'll experience it. What's wrong with these people? But by the end of it, of course, since it's done, the Shem Shemayim says the Gemara ends with uh, but the description then of Torah is the way traditionally Torah has been experienced the eyes of the Hachamim throughout they fought because they cared about this that's Mishive Milhamam then the Pasuk says, at the very end, it has this word, Sha'ara. Sha'ara, Sha'ara, of course, is a gate. What's it referring to? Elu, uh, again, in this whole Pasuk, is referring to the people who will be present and tapped into the reality at the end of days. What Sha'ara? Elu shemashkimim uma'arivim bebate knesiot bate midrashot. Those are the ones who are opening and closing the gate. It's the ones who are early to the midrash, to the knis in the morning for study and for, and, and for prayer, and those who are late at night for study and for prayer, Be Midrash, Be, be Knesset, that's Sha'ara, it's not sufficient, it's, it, it, it helps, but it's not sufficient to just be present, to have in the earliness, because it shows your passion, your desire to tap into something greater, uh, that's, that's furthermore significant, to stay later, because this is what I care about, that's what we're referring to when we reference this, this word Sha'ara in the Pasuk. Says the Gemara, in finishing this conversation and understanding the Hachamim imagine, Midat Adin. Midat Adin always in the eyes of the Hachamim is the strict letter of the law judgment turning to God. Sometimes the Hachamim refer to this as the Malachim. The Malachim turn to God and they ask him, why is it that you treat Israel like this? Shouldn't you treat them like this? Why are you giving the Torah, the Gemara and Shabbat and Daf Why are you giving the Torah to Israel? Give it to us. That's the Malachim. Sometimes the Gemara will just call it Midat Adin, the strict letter of the law for us to understand this. This is not a challenge that took place in real time. It's for us to understand how do you make sense of the following. Amera Midat Adin the question he asks is, as says Rashi, Manishtanu, why are these different than those? As says, says Rashi, Why is it that the ones that you listed in that pasuk, the ones that Sefer Yeshayah describes as being present and tapped into reality in the end of days, why are they greater than other ones who might uh, also be a part of this? Uh, it's specifically these character traits, these types of people. Amar la, God, uh, so to speak, responds, and this is uh, yet another pasuk, the next pasuk there in Sefer Yeshayah, v'gham ele bayayin sharu 
Pasuk talks about becoming intoxicated. And then the end of that pasuk has the following words, Paku One of those words, Paku refer to in Puka Ela Gehenam Sheneema Lotie Zot Lecha Lefuka and Pelila Ela Dayanim Sheneema Venatan Biflilim. First the statement and then how they got there. The statement is listen, there are other judges. Right, so you want to say the other judges and the other types of people are sufficient? Those other people are involved in intoxication. Those other people are not really tapped into truth with regards to their uh, craft and their endeavors. So they look the same, they appear the same to you, not really. Those are the ones who are going after the wine and the beverages with regards to uh, making themselves feel better. Those are the ones who the Pasuk says, first and foremost, the Slashon of Puka, which is a reference to Gehenam, but more specifically, it then mentions the word Pelila. Pelila says the Gemara, or says, says, says the expression over here uh, of God, is Lashon Dayanut. The Pasuk says, Natan biflilim at the end of parashat mishpatim. If a person strikes a person, a woman who's pregnant and the babies come out, venatan biflilim. The word pilila in that context is a reference to judgment or judges who are going to deal with this. So we're dealing even with judges. They too are not really going to be involved in the goodness in the end of days. They're getting that gehenam. It gives you a little reference of a vantage point for tefillah, for tefillin. When we talk about pelila, when we talk about what it means to somehow serve and tap into godliness, it has something to do with judgment as well. It has something to do with the pasuk in Tehillim. All right, says the Mishnah onward. This next Mishnah, uh, in, in an interesting way, caps off our Masechet, and you'll understand for, in a moment why it's relevant, but then you'll see it's going to then go into details that seem halachic, not so much agadic. But the first statement over here is, Ansheir Hanidahat. People who are part of Ir Hanidahat, see the Torah describes Ir Hanidahat, and we'll deal with many of the Pesukim that describe in moments and days ahead. Uh, Ir Hanidahat is a city within which the majority of the people have worshipped Avodah Zarah. Now there are several significant details with regards to Ir Hanidahat, which distinguishes it from other circumstances. Where if, whereas we learned already earlier in the Masechet, if an individual does Avodah Zarah, they get put to death by they get stoned. In Eid Hanidahat, they get a lower level of punishment. They get saif, they get beheaded. Herev, uh, we can call that as well. That's Ir Hanidahat. Whereas if a person individually worships Avodah Zarah, they get sick, they, their property can then be enjoyed by the family members. There could be still be a, a, a significant inheritance. The person was a billionaire, a multimillionaire. The family still can enjoy uh, what he left behind. In Eid Hanidahat, all the shalal, everything that's left over from those individuals was brought out. It's Asur Bahana, you're not allowed to benefit from it and it's burned. Those are the major differences with regards to that matter. But the first words in this Mishnah are surprising, that they don't have a chilek la'olam haba is a little bit hard to understand. As a matter of fact, yad ramah, and, and that's right, further, I'm gonna, I'm gonna strengthen your question, and yad ramah ask further, they say, if these people were put to death, well, we learned earlier in the Masechet, that people get put to death since they do vidui beforehand, that achieves for them a certain kapara. So what do you mean? Uh, I thought they got the atonement. When you get put to death, it's terrible circumstance and, and process, but at the very least you achieve a kapara, that's what the Gemara told us. Uh, so they take out those words, or they never had those words, they go to the pasuk, and then they go into the details in this Mishnah. It is a little bit funny for Yad Rama and Ran, a little bit uh, peculiar that this is in our Perek, 
because you'd imagine it has something to do with Olam Haba. Truth is, Tosafot, all the way there on Daf Mem Zayin, asked this question. Tosafot asks on Daf Mem Zayin, the Haditnan, why does it say on, in our Mishnah, on Jeira Nidahat in the Mechelek Olam Haba? Answers Tosafot, Hanemile de la Iktul, Avalim Danu, Otam Vaharagum, Yeshlaim Chelek. It's until and specifically if they were put to death. Tosafot suggests our Mishnah is talking about individuals who never got put to death. They were part of an Eid Hanidah. They never got put to death. If they were put to death, we assume that they appropriately repented at that time and achieved kapara. They were atoned for. Ya'avet, Yaakov Emden, in his commentary, it's uh, listed in the back of my Gemara. Uh, he suggests a little bit differently. He suggests that, um, that our Mishnah, and we'll see in a, in a moment or in, in days' time, uh, our Mishnah will focus not only on the people who worshipped, but also on the people who brought them to worship. It's what you call Maddihe'il Hanidahat. Not only the Niddahim, but the Maddihim. In other words, I can be an outsider, and happens to be they have to be from the city, the Mishnah will say, but they didn't necessarily worship, they brought others to worship. They themselves, and that accords with what we learned at the very beginning of this Pedic, where we talked about a person who causes other to sin, that individual, perhaps, because that individual is perhaps not atoned for that sin, per se. Anyway, says the, says the Mishnah, no. What do you mean during the Shoftim? Yeah. That period that's not considered in Daha? Not, not to the best of my knowledge. We didn't treat them as a full-fledged Yer Hanidaha. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, in other words, you're, you're going to be arguing the point of Tosafot to a certain yeah. extent. In other words, Joey says that we learned earlier in the Masech there were two opinions about whether there ever was an Eid Hanidah. One opinion said, Lo lo nivra. The other opinion, and, and why is it in the Torah? It's going to be hard to actually execute. If you recall. The other opinion said, I was there and I sat on the ruins of it. Now, if I argue like the first one, which is gen- generally speaking the more popular one, maybe that accords with Tosafot. And it's hard. You're going to see there's a lot of details with regards to actually pulling this off. So our Mishnah is Tosafot is when they're not actually killed or they're not actually pulled off in terms of execution. It's a little difficult. I'll tell you why, Joey. It's a little difficult. What's that? Saying that there was Right. Well, interesting. Uh, I'll tell you why it's difficult. I think this is what Judah's asking. It is, is even if you don't pull off which means to say killing them with saif and burning the property and ruining the city and so forth, you're still going to kill them with sikilah. The individuals will still get sikilah. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, so in other words, ultimately speaking, they're still getting put to death. They still, we imagine, got the kapara from that. Although maybe there wasn't a hatra'a, maybe there wasn't other things. Anyway, that's, that's what the Mishnah, let's just quickly... Let's discuss it afterwards. Anyway, it says, it says the Mishnah, as the Pasuk says, So the Pasuk says, they went out, these people. What's with the went out? Just say, they were Madiach, the city members. Just say, the city members went astray. Why is it that it specifically says they went out? The Derasha in turn is, the Yatsu means they left not only this world, they left left their ability to have olam haba. Lastly, 
ועד שיודח רובה ועד שידיחו האנשים, ידיחו אנשים מוקטנים או שהודח מיעוטה או שהיה מדיחי, מדיחי החוצה לה, הרי אלו כיחידים. So lastly for our purposes today there are several laws and qualifications with regards to Irani Dahat. Number one, the מדיחים, the people who brought the others to Abu Dazra. Again the Pasuk doesn't just say they worship, it says people went out, אנשי בליהו, bad people, brought the others to, has to be that they're from the same city. It's a derasha from the Pasuk, mikibecha. Furthermore, they need to be from the same tribe, those who brought them to Abu Dazara. Furthermore, it needs to be the majority of the city, a derasha from the Pasuk as well. And lastly, another derasha from the Pasuk, it needs to be men who were involved in that action of bringing them to Abu Dazara, not women or children, but the men were the one perhaps who worshipped. It doesn't matter if they weren't brought to it by men, uh, that wouldn't be considered an irhanidahat. How do we treat them? Do we just let them off? No, we treat them like yehidim, which means their property is not destroyed. It's uh, permitted uh, to benefit from it. Uh, they get put to death, not with saif, but rather with sikilah. Baruch Adonai Amen, amen.